Mm. A beer. A beer. A beer. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of The Shred. Woo! Brought to you today by our sponsor, ICF. My name is Lisa Shaymont. I'm Amber Hart. And we are the Pulse of GovCon, and The Shred is here to help tear GovCon a new one. Today's episode is how to turn a cold call more lukewarm. Ooh. All about your, <laughs> your federal business development sales efforts. So, as we all know, cold calling is not dead. But how chilly should your introduction be? <laughs> cheesy as all get out. Did it, did it, did right? it, did it. We need to warm it up. And that's one of the basic principles of federal government sales. It's not about reaching out cold. You have to have done some homework before you reach out to these federal counterparts. So we're going to be discussing four points on how to warm up that cold call. Point number one in warming up your cold calls for federal government procurement is to identify your target. Not all government officials are created equal when it comes to your business development efforts. This drives me crazy. We, see this, we see this all the also time. It also drives them insane. It, you're, it's like talking to somebody else that's in Sephora when you're asking them recommendations on what products to buy. Right? Just because you ask people for products. Okay, I'm just saying, in general, it's asking somebody that just because they're in the space doesn't mean that they have the authority to provide you access to that sort of contracting initiative. So, we hear this all the time. Well, I know the CIO. Okay. Whoop-de-freaking-do. Important because they are stakeholders, but they're not decision makers. And so when you are trying to warm up your cold calling efforts, first and foremost is to actually know who it is that you're reaching out to. Who do you reach out to? You reach out to anyone in the procuring or acquisition shops. Lisa just talked about knowing the CAO or even CTO, and that is important when you're looking to shape maybe initiatives or understand where money is going. But if you're looking to understand a contracting action or funding or where something's going to be competed, or even ask, hey, I have a recommendation on where this should be competed, that doesn't go to a CTO, that doesn't go to a CIO, that doesn't even go to a program manager. That goes to a contracting office or acquisition shop, depending on where you are and what it's called. But that's where it goes to. Those are the people that have the authority to be making those decisions, and those are the people that you want to be talking to. It's that signatory authority. It is so important. That's why it's that contracting officer that you're really reaching out to, because they're the ones that hold the purse strings. And when you're trying to acquire a contract, is that not what you're trying to do? You're trying to win a contract, and it Absolutely. needs to come from the person that has contracting authority. Program managers, we hear that all the time. All the time. I know the program manager, and they love us. Wonderful. How tied in are they with the contracting shop in putting together the solicitation? More often than not, and unfortunately, the program and the contracting office aren't always in sync, and they're not always talking to one another. And while the program office or the end user can go ahead and make recommendations, at the end of the day, it's that contracting shop making those types of decisions. We have heard from clients time and time again, well, the program office wants this, but the contracting shop isn't responding. That happens more than you know. So talking to the contracting shop about things like where it's going to be competed, again, the funding, the money, when it's going to be competed, is so important because they're the only ones at the end of the day making that decision. Also understanding that sometimes some of your federal agencies 
use assistant acquisition services. Mm -hmm. So understanding that not all contracting officers within certain agencies are doing that type of buying. They may be going through things like GSA or Department of Interior and their buying authority. And that that time, you want to be talking to the ones that are assisting them, not so much that agency. So it's always important to understand not only who you're talking to, but who's doing the funding. And why you're talking to them. Well, yes. Different purposes, <laughs> Different right? Purposes. But yes, identifying that target, a key component to your sales efforts. Point two in warming up your cold calling efforts is to actually do the research on these people that you're reaching do out your to. Homework. Do your homework. We know that past spend is not 100% indicative of future spend, but that's what a trend is. That's how we analyze where things might look in the future. So this is things like identifying your target and then doing the research to find out what they buy, where they buy, how they buy, how much they buy, when they buy. All of these are critical components to really make that cold call more lukewarm. People send emails to these contracting officers with their capabilities sheets all the time. Same. Do you have work? What? What does that mean, do we have work? Where does that take you? You know, I actually was on LinkedIn the other day and saw a post from a contracting officer who said, I received this email on Sunday and he posted it on LinkedIn. Now he scratched out the names and all that to be kind of nice. But this person was actually asking them about proposal development assistance help to go after their requirement. See, I'm gonna say that again. Somebody reached out to a contracting officer to offer them proposal response help in response to their own requirement. That don't make no that sense. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now, that's, but that's what gets these people every day. And when those... The spam. The spam. And when those interactions are so limited and they're hard to get to and they're few and far between, understanding exactly who you need to go to, how they are buying, really helps kind of cut through that red tape and shows that person that you've already done your research and you're serious about what you're selling. The bar is low, people. Very low. <laughs> Do your research in Do advance. Just like with you, when you you end up working with somebody if they've taken the time to research who you are what you do why you do Just and how basics. you do the baseline you know who I, where, when, why, and how it makes for a more fruitful discussion point number three in warming up your cold calls to make them more lukewarm is to attend mutual events now this is different than the typical old advice of walking the halls or even Pre-COVID days. Pre-COVID days, exactly, of getting into a facility. Now the best bet to get in front of these people is to attend mutual events because this is a human-to-human -human business. People naturally and psychologically want to do business with people that they know, mm -hmm. people that they like. And that's what you are up against in this hugely saturated market of government contracting, no matter what service area that you're in. Mm -hmm. So get in front of people by attending mutual events. And make sure that you're not just harassing them or attacking them. Kind of goes back to the research point. Make sure that you know why you're talking to them. It's not enough just to trade off business cards or LinkedIn identifiers these days, I guess. But you have to go in there and say, hey, 
I recognize that you buy this or I've done your research on this or hey, I've seen you share articles about this or saw you talk here. Here's why I find this relevant to me and my business and what we're doing. And you gotta make sure at these events that you're not just going in directly with a sales pitch. You wanna go in there to listen, to introduce yourself and to set up a time that you can follow up to discuss setting up a meeting. Where I see people, you know, it's just, it's human to human selling in contact. Now, do you want someone just running up to you at the coffee store and saying, hey, I know you, meeting, can we have one? No, you want to be introduced to them, you want to take a breather, and then you want them to follow up. This is such a pain point. It's You can't just set meetings. Don't do it with us. Don't do it with your government customer. A meeting for a meeting's sake. People will take them to be polite sometimes, not so much on the contracting office side. I'll take the meetings, but always have a proposal. Have a purpose. Have a point. People in the past have said that that point is to listen. I disagree. You should have already done your listening before that meeting. You mm-hmm. should know what they want. You should understand and come to the meeting with an acquisition strategy for that contractor or contracting official. You need to say, this is how we can work together, either by sole source, either by influencing and shaping the solicitation that's upcoming, micro purchases, whatever it is, have a concept and a plan in place when you get to that meeting so that there's something actionable for everyone to follow up on. Exactly. And in a world right where events are few and far between and they're starting to come back and getting meetings with government officials, contract officers, is even harder than it used to be due to working from home or changing or retirement. Meeting them at these events is so important because it's only time you can get FaceTime these days and it's harder and harder to get that introduction. So making sure that you're watching and understanding where people are going, where they're presenting, taking advantage of those opportunities really is the best way to get your foot in the door in that introduction. Our last and final point when it comes to turning cold calls more lukewarm is to use social media effectively and not Creepily. Don't be (laughs) weird about it. Don't be weird about it, but we live in a world where social media is everywhere. It is ubiquitous. And now it's even engaged in our government contracting, you know, official capacity. Just not TikTok. Just, uh, well, you don't know. Like, it might be down the road. That I, don't, people I don't think they want you on TikTok. Do TikTok right dances for contracts? Obviously. Oh, that's not great. Kidding. <laughs> The idea is to use social media because in 2017, OPM put out new guidance on how government officials can leverage social media. This is things like LinkedIn, Twitter. We talked about getting in front of people. There is no easier way to get in front of somebody than through a virtual connection. You see faces again and again. You see the name again and again. It's that recognition. And so by interacting with your potential sales targets via LinkedIn and Twitter. If Twitter stays around, we shall see. But that is just an absolute great way to make that FaceTime if you can't attend mutual events. Absolutely. And interacting with them, seeing what content they're posting or sharing. I mean, we learn so much about people through what they share on their social media Mm -hmm. and what is out there. And 
it is a plethora of knowledge to get in there and really see the personalities of these buyers because at the end of the day they are humans too so maybe you find an article that's interesting to a point that they posted share it with them send them a DM it is a complete gray area right now in the federal government when it comes to social media so taking advantage of things like that and posting maybe live videos talking about something you're selling or a capability or your product or tool and just putting that out there so they get to see your face and they get to hear your brand and your voice and your knowledge really does help them especially through the algorithms these days get to know the industry and the buyer and then the federal government also gets to interact with you that way as well. It's funny, things have really shifted even in terms of us as government contracting as a marketplace in things like marketing. Why do you think those large system integrators have billboards on the metro? Why do you think that you're hearing radio commercials for some of these that large IT firms? Me. Is that weird? It is a little throws weird, me. <laughs> but it's because the more somebody recognizes your company, the more likely they are to when that proposal crosses their desk go, Oh yeah, I know those guys. I just I know that name. I know that name. So use social media. Use the media that you have access to. Like something that people Absolutely. are posting. Engage. Comment. comment. Huge. Mm -hmm. It shows that you're part of the dialogue, that you're having this open discourse with people that could end up being your customer one day. All right, everybody, that concludes our episode today on how to make your cold calls more lukewarm. We hope that these four points can help inform your business development sales efforts going forward, and hopefully next time you make that call, it's not so chilly.